Protect your next vacation investment with TripInsurance.com. Affordable trip insurance coverage for every budget. Get a quote at TripInsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? I'm Doug Parker. Thank you so much for making Cruise Radio a part of your day. If this is your first time listening, well, welcome. And uh, you have about 230 back episodes to listen to. So uh, have fun with all that. On this show, Chris Elliott. Yeah, you know him. He's been on the show quite a few times. Travel expert. He's with Washington Post, uh, USA Today columnist. He has a new book out called How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler. He'll give us some insight on that. Listener Tanya Warpula from Austin, Texas, gives us her review of Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. But first, as always, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, found at cruiseguy.com. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. So we'll jump right to it. Carnival Vista, Carnival's new ship coming out in a couple of years. The steel was cut. And uh, what else can we say about it? Well, at this point, we ha- they haven't said much. Uh, we do know it's going to be 135,000 tons, so it'll be slightly larger than the three Dreamclass ships, but uh, it's supposed to be uh, quite innovative, and um, you know, they're supposed to have a lot of, hopefully, some new features, and it'll be the first brand new ship where all of the new uh, Carnival Fun Ship 2.0 features are now, it will, will be integrated, so but I'm sure there's going to be lots of surprises uh, in the next coming months, but the uh, ship will be out in 2016, and it's always, it's always a neat uh, process when the first piece of steel is cut because uh, it's just amazing how fast these ships uh, are are created, and uh, you know it'll be here before you know it. Wasn't break Norwegian Breakaway done like in eighteen months? It was. It was done. Remember, it was the second in the series. Okay. And it, it doesn't really. It doesn't certainly doesn't take as long as the first. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, the Meyerware Shipyard is just one of the absolute best in the world, and uh, you know I'm I'm just so excited to see what they do with, uh, you know, with Quantum of the Seas, which is you know, hopefully uh, nearing its uh, structural uh, completion soon. Curtain raised on a new Royal Caribbean show, going to debut on Quantum of the Seas. What is it? Well, we, we know that, the, we, we know that uh, Royal Caribbean will debut Mamma Mia. And uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, an ex- it's been a huge hit on Broadway, and it's going to be a, a huge hit on the high seas. And I can only... Doug, we can only imagine, you know, based on what we know, how technologically advanced uh, the ship is going to be, and and in the showroom that is being specifically designed to showcase this, this really fun Broadway show. I mean, I've seen ABBA acts on many different cruise ships over 25 years, and uh, we we just recently saw one on uh, MSC Divina. Uh, people are just going to rock and roll when they see Mamma Mia on board. Quantum of the Seas when she debuts later this fall. That's going to be, uh, what is that, October, November? She'll be out in November. Okay. And, Looking forward uh, to that in New Jersey, be, right? Uh, she will be based in New Jersey. Okay. And uh, her sister ship, Anthem of the Seas, will, of course, be heading to Fort Lauderdale after her European season. Very good. It looks like an Azamara ship had some issues over in Asia? Yeah, Doug. Well, it turns out that Azamara Journey essentially had to uh, cancel its uh, cruise early in Osaka after uh, they had some propeller damage while the ship was in Tokyo. So uh, they are uh, taking the ship. Uh, it more than likely is going to have to be dry docked. Passengers are, are able, you know, have, were able to stay on board the ship and are going to be flown to uh, Shanghai where the cruise is going to be, uh, where the cruise was going to be terminated anyways. 
So uh, the ship will just act as a hotel there in uh, in Osaka. And uh, right now they're hoping to get the ship repaired. You know, hopefully we'll know uh, soon. Otherwise, you know, that sailing will either be delayed and uh, and or canceled. Asmara only has, what, two ships? They have two ships. Yeah, okay. Very good. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Line always has these uh, deals almost every week, it seems. But uh, the latest offering I saw um, showed free specialty dining, yeah, uh, free yeah. drinks, and free something else. What yeah. was that? Well, they're they're taking some pages from, let's say, Royal Caribbean. Okay. And uh, what they're doing is if you book uh, Norwegian Breakaway or Norwegian Getaway uh, between February 27th and March the 10th, if you book a balcony or higher, you will get a uh, free dining package, uh, which essentially you know gives you a book to have uh, free you know free specialty dining, and if you book a suite or higher, you'll you'll also get a free drink package. You know it's going to be a, a nice value. I mean, you're, so essentially, it's a lot of what their their previous sales uh, have been for the past twenty five months, where it's on today, off tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, look, there's a lot of people, Doug, that I mean, the specialty dining. Is a big part of their cruise. This way, they don't have to eat in the dining room, or they don't have to feel like they're being uh, hit with uh, these uh, additional surcharges for the specialty dining if they want to change the scenery. So it's a, it's a really, I think it's a very valuable offer, and uh, very, you know, it's a very generous offer actually. You know, for a free dining when you when you figure that these charges can be anywhere from twenty-five to forty dollars per person. Very good. Well, I guess I'll see you next week, Stuart. It'll be great, Doug. Look forward to seeing you. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Our next guest is no stranger to Cruise Radio, travel expert and columnist for USA Today. Chris Elliott joins us. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. You have a new book out, How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler. It was just released. Uh, so first off, congrats, man. Oh, thank you. I feel smarter already. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you do. And it's going to be on the New York Times bestseller list in no time, I'm sure. <laughs> 
I hope so. Yeah, what's up? We got to get like what thirty thousand books sold, fifty thousand, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing. No well, problem. I'll get that in a couple yeah, of days. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a chance to read your book last night, and uh, wow, you cover everything from air rentals, cruises, travel, to even budgeting, and uh, like a dozen more things in the book. So a very good book. So uh, what's what inspired you to write this book? People like you did actually, um, and and by you I mean people who are listening. Sure. Um, I I have been for the last. 20 years or so running the unofficial complaints department of the travel industry. So people come to me with their problems, often intractable problems, and I help them find the solution. And I noticed some similarities with uh, all these complaints coming in and decide, well, you know, maybe it's time to put all these into a book. And so that's what I did. In reality, you were blogging before it was even called blogging, weren't you? That's right. I had my first site back in 94, so that was, they didn't even call it a blog then, it was just a website. That was actually one of the ways that I reached out to travelers, and that travelers reached out back to me, was through uh, the internet. Back then, you know, you were using an agent mostly to book travel, Uh, the big online travel agencies like Expedia, Orbitz, and Travelocity weren't even around back then, and so... Um, it was relatively new, and um, and it kind of grew from there. So now I, I get most of my complaints actually online, and I solve most of my problems online and in real time, so through the website or through social media. Very good. Well, you wrote the book on it, so you would know. Uh, what does it mean to be the world's smartest traveler? Well, that's uh, that's a great question. I think I spend the entire book talking about how, and I'm not going to give away all my best secrets, but uh-huh. I can tell you that being prepared is really important. A lot of people will just forget to do the basics, like call to confirm your flight or your cruise, make sure it's leaving on time, and giving themselves enough time to go to the airport, that sort of thing. But there are some other really, I would say, bigger problems that can crop up. Most of the issues that I run into, though, are when people run into problems and they don't know how to fix them, they think that picking up the phone is the way to do it or yelling at someone, and uh, that's almost never the way to go. Well, I want to get to a couple of examples here. So let's start with cruises. Uh, how can you be the world's smartest traveler when it comes to cruises? Well, with cruises, there are, uh, there are a few issues that people run into. The, the, the worst ones, I think, are Issues relating to passports and visas, and you talk about this on the show a lot, yeah. uh, is is make sure that you have all your paperwork in order. A lot of folks um, think that the birth certificate that they have is going to work. They maybe, they maybe don't do the homework that they need, and so they'll often show up to the uh, port and be denied boarding because – they maybe have some. Maybe they're not. Uh, they're national uh, naturalized citizens, and they have issues with their green card, or their birth certificate isn't the right one. It doesn't have this, the this correct seal, mm-hmm. and so that really is probably one of the most frustrating things. And then you know the other issue is just not doing the correct budgeting for a cruise. You know, as I'm sure you're aware, the price that you pay the cruise fare is not really the price that you end up paying mm-hmm. for the entire vacation. You've got all these extras that are added to your bill. You have uh, optional shore excursions. You have restaurants, things like that. And and so people think that the uh, price that they're, they pay is going to be the final price, and they end up just spending more money than they thought they were going to. So just being aware of the economics of cruising is really important, too. Well, Chris, kind of on the lines of cruises, I want to talk to you about vacation clubs because uh, a lot of cruises, uh, these companies book group space and they're called vacation clubs. 
I don't even really know what they are, but people are like, hey, come join our dream vacation club and all this stuff. So uh, I guess kind of paint, what is a vacation club and how can we find ourselves not trapped in one? I spent an entire chapter on vacation clubs, and this is really key. A vacation club is a organization with extremely sophisticated sales techniques that draws you in with a promise of discounts in exchange for a membership fee. It sounds really reasonable. You know, you've got other uh, businesses outside of travel that do this, uh, Costco, um, a lot of membership organizations. So it makes a lot of sense. Until you start to really do some digging and you realize that that's not really the way that travel is priced. So uh, most travel products actually have agreements with the folks who sell them, the online agencies, uh, the websites out there, that you can't go below a certain price. And so the promises that they're making when, when they're, they're actually investigated, people realize that they can find the same rates on an online travel site like Expedia or Priceline, and that these are nothing more than very sophisticated organizations that sell uh, expensive memberships, often that self-renew, and that uh, are, are really practically worthless. And I even say this in the book, that the only membership organization really worth belonging to, the only travel club worth belonging to, is AAA. Sounds like a pyramid scheme. It's or, a, you know, it, there are elements of pyramid schemes yeah. to some of these. And what they do is, is they go by different names, and they, they like to go from state to state. So, mm-hmm. And being out at sea, of course, uh, affords them some other protections because they're under maritime law. So no state law, or no federal law applies. So they really can operate with impunity. But, uh, you know, they, you can just go online and look up some of these clubs that are out there, and you'll see all the complaints. I mean, these are almost always complete scams. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, Chris, I have a listener question here from Scott Nakotra up in uh, Scranton, PA. He asks, can you ask Chris what his thoughts are on loyalty programs in general? <laughs> Pretty broad, but... Uh, uh, well, that wanna... sounds like a trick question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I am a, a well-known critic of loyalty programs, and I didn't spend as much time talking about cruise loyalty programs, but just generally speaking, I can tell you that these systems are created to benefit mostly the travel company, whether that's an airline, a cruise line, a car rental company, or a hotel. Um, The problem that I have, and that I think your listeners would have if they really did some investigation, is, is that the terms of these programs are very, very unfavorable to most people. I mean, you may not be aware of this, but the miles that you accrue don't even belong to you according to the agreement the terms of the agreement that you you sign and you agree to when you began participating in the program, they can change the rules at any time and for any reason. So they can change the redemption levels. They can say from one day to the next, this flight is going to cost you 20,000 miles instead of 10,000 miles. Right. So all of those things add all add up to, it's, it's essentially a, um, you're like a hamster on a wheel. You have to uh-huh. keep collecting more and more points to get the same benefits. And um, my view is that these programs really need to be either regulated or completely eliminated. Speaking of miles, I was in Fort Lauderdale recently and just for the heck of it was looking to see how many air miles it would take to get a room down there. 40,000 air miles for a one night stay. That's like uh, four or five trips to Europe. 
Yeah, you know, they can, they can set – well, you're talking about conversion levels there, which, yeah. is, which is that you convert uh, your miles into hotel points or vice versa. And those conversions are always just horrible. They're, they're, uh, you know, they, the miles go in and they don't come out, <laughs> basically. Yeah, pretty much. You can find out more about this subject and about a dozen others and How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler. The book came out when, Chris? Uh, about a week ago? Yeah, just uh, March 3rd. Yeah, very good. How to be the world's smartest traveler. And Chris, if we want to find out more about you, uh, where can we go? My website is at elliot.org. That's E-L-L-I-O-T-T dot O-R-G. Awesome. You can also find the book, uh, How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler on Amazon. And we'll also link to it in the show notes here at cruiseradio.net. Chris, my friend, I appreciate it. And congrats again. Thanks. I really appreciate it. We always like getting your reviews here on Cruise Radio. If you have one, feel free to email comments at cruiseradio.net and we'll get you on the air. Just like Tanya Warpula from Austin, Texas. She just returned from Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. How are you, Tanya? I'm great. So uh, let's start from the beginning here. Uh, what made you decide to want to sail on Oasis of the Seas? Well, we've actually sailed it. We sailed it um, in January of 2011, and so we definitely wanted to come back to it. It's our favorite, favorite ship out of 12 sailings. And uh, out of all these sailings, you really enjoyed this one. Was there something in particular that you really loved, or you just couldn't, the ship was so big, you couldn't fit it all in in seven nights? You really can't, but uh, we just love all the activity and all the different, just different things going on, all the restaurants, so we definitely wanted to return. So you made your way from Austin, Texas to Port Everglades. How was it getting to Terminal 18, and how was embarkation? It was great. We just um, took a cab from the airport, and it was a $15 cab ride. Mm -hmm. And um, embarkation was super fast. The terminal at Port Everglades is enormous, and they have tons of check-in lines, and um, it's about a 15- to 20-minute process. Yeah, Terminal 18 is really efficient. In fact, uh, when it first opened, the goal was to have you from the pier or curbside to on the ship in less than 15 minutes, but uh, 20 minutes still isn't bad. So uh, you sailed the Oasis of the Seas bef uh, before. So once you got on the ship, what were your impressions this go around? Last time we didn't go with kids. So okay. This time it was really fun to bring our 10-year-old twins, and they have only sailed on Disney, and so okay. this is their first non-Disney ship, and they were just amazed when you first walk on it's almost like a mall, but there's mm -hmm. a huge, there's a big car, a convertible, some type of classic car right there when you walk on. And the boys just thought that <laughs> was just so crazy. They loved it. So after you made your way through the promenade, you checked out your stateroom. So first off, what kind of stateroom did you have and what were your thoughts of it? This time we booked, with the kids in mind, we booked um, a deck. 10 boardwalk balcony okay. and it was all the way in the back and so we we actually overlooked the aqua theater um it was, it was an interesting room we loved the view of it because you can also see the ocean but um it was kind of loud okay at all times of <laughs> all times of the day and then the shows would run till like eleven forty-five at night and um it was great because the kids loved it but i would say if you were cruising without kids it wouldn't be an ideal room Oasis of the Seas has like 24 restaurants on there. So what is the breakdown? Is it like half the restaurants are free and half come with a service charge? Yes. Okay. So there's 24 restaurants, and I believe 13 of them are included. Mm -hmm. They're not all overpriced, though, because you can go to um, 
a Zoomy. We went to a Zoomy. It was like the little Asian flair, and you kind of pay as you go. It's like a regular restaurant. Uh-huh. But they also have some that have like a four ninety five cover charge, Johnny Rocket. Um, but then we also did Chop's Grill, which was, I believe, 35 a person. Yeah. So being in the Boardwalk stateroom, uh, you had some prime real estate for all the entertainment on this ship, right? Yes, we could see shows from our room, and they also showed movies during the day and uh-huh. different things like that, and we'd catch a few things here and there. What were your thoughts of the theater entertainment, like the Broadway shows and comedy and such? Well, we did book all of our shows beforehand, and okay. that was very, very useful because then you're able to walk right in. So we went to every single show. The only show that you're not able to book beforehand is the comedy show. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that, but you're supposed to book it when you get on board. Okay. And we did not do that. So we decided to wait in line um, one night, but there was like 40 of us overflow, and we just, none of us got in. Uh. And we tried this a couple times, and it just, we just never got into the comedy show. Whoever the comedian was on our sailing was really great because everybody was talking about them. Cool. Every kid is different. Uh, are yours kids' club kids? Well, they were kind of old enough to go out on their own. So okay. they pretty much did that. The only time they went to the kids' program was one day they were showing a movie that they wanted to see, and they had a little <laughs> movie theater. But nice. my kids aren't really into the kids' program. It's definitely not as impressive as the Disney one. Yeah. But they do have a movie theater, and that's kind of nice. Yeah, when you start out with Disney Cruise Line, uh, the kids' program on there, it's kind of hard to make your way into other ones. Yes, for sure. Yeah, so uh, you did a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing, and I believe you did, what, Labadee, Falmouth, and Cozumel. So out of those, which one was your favorite port? Well, we absolutely loved Labadee. The private islands are always our favorite Mm -hmm. um, because you get off and everything's included and they offer you a a really great barbecue lunch. And we actually tried out um, three different beaches on the island, which was really fun. They're all kind of different. So that was our favorite, but we loved um, the new port at Falmouth. We had only been to um, Montego Bay. Okay. And so the new Falmouth port is just amazing. You could just hang out there all day and not do an excursion if you wanted to. Well, when you say it's amazing, like what draws you to it? Like what makes it so much better than Montego Bay to you? Because you tell me your (laughs) reason and I'll tell you my reason. Okay. Well, I think that it's really a nice, it's nice to be able to feel like you're safe. Okay. It's really, really clean. This, the shops are kind of, uh, the shops are nice and then they have some outdoor shopping that's a little less expensive, but you feel completely safe there. In Montego Bay, I mean, the only reason why we get off is because we'll have a planned excursion, but you do not feel safe. There's no, people are on you trying to sell you stuff, and you definitely don't want to leave the gates on your own. Yeah, you actually, that was my reason too. Like Montego Bay, when you walk out of the gate, it's like you get, um, I don't want to use the word attacked, but they want to try to sell you everything, uh, take you on car rides and all that, but it seems like it's very well patrolled over in Falmouth. Yeah, you're gated in, and it's humongous, and it is so clean. Tanya, do you have any been there, done that, first-time sailing tips for Oasis of the Seas? Well, I have to give a gluten-free little tip because um, one reason why we always sail Disney with our kids is because we have three kids with celiacs, Mm -hmm. and um, the other lines just weren't as good about the food allergies. Well, Royal Caribbean has stepped it up, and they redid their menu, I think, in 2011 or 12. And so now you can actually look on the menu, and they it shows you what's gluten-free. Cool. And then all the little cafes, like the Park Cafe, which was our favorite on the ship, 
has gluten-free bagels and breads, and they have um, gluten-free cookies, and you just have to ask for it. And then Sorrento is the pizza place. They have a, a gluten-free little oven to cook their gluten-free pizza. Hmm. And so I think if you have a food allergy and you're really um, worried about that, definitely Royal Caribbean has stepped it up, and you don't need to be worried. Anything else? Yes. You'll want to book all of your shows ahead of time. They offer a uh, like a PDF schedule, mm-hmm. and you'll want to go ahead and book all of them ahead of time. That will save you a lot of time. Even if you don't know if you're able to go to the shows, just book them anyways. It's good to already have a ticket. If you want to book your dining ahead of time, that's fine, but Celebrity and Royal Caribbean make you pay for it ahead of time, okay. where other lines don't necessarily do that. Tanya, I have one more thing I want to touch on, and it goes back a few minutes, but uh, the outside deck space during sea days was there enough chairs for everyone or were people jockeying for space and saving chairs because there just wasn't enough with all those people on board? I have heard that this ship actually has enough lounge chairs for every single person wow. on the ship, okay. which is amazing. And I, I really didn't see a problem this time. Last time we hung out um, in the solarium, the adult area, and I felt like we were always trying to find a chair. This time, even on the sea days, we were able to sit right down basically anywhere we wanted. I did notice this time they had more people, more staff on patrol. I saw them taking towels off of chairs that had been there a long time. It just felt like they were really on top of it more mm-hmm. than uh, in 2011. Very good. Well, we've been talking to Tanya Warpula. She just returned from her seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Oasis of the Season. Uh, Tanya, you took a lot of photos on here. If we wanted to find them, where could we go? You can go to icruise.blogspot.com. Very good. As always, Tanya, a pleasure to uh, talk to you. And uh, when's your next cruise? You are going to be in shock. We don't have anything booked what? right now. I know. Wow. Okay. It's so crazy. I know. I, we, usually, we usually talk like every other month, but I guess it's going to be a little while. Oh, my goodness. I think <laughs> it's going to be June of 15. I think we're thinking about the breakaway or the quantum. We're sort of waiting for them to put out the quantum dates and... It should be in the next month or so that they do that. Very cool. We'll, uh, we'll yeah. be looking forward to your reviews on those upcoming ships. And as always, Tanya, thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. Thanks. All righty, that'll do it. Thank you so much for making Cruise Radio a part of your day. And uh, if you want to check out Chris Elliott's new book, How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler, it's on Amazon. It's on his website, Elliott.org. Uh, you can also check it out in the show notes right on our website at cruiseradio.net. And don't forget, while you're there, we have an app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your smartphone app store. Next week, we'll be broadcasting live from the Miami Beach Convention Center, where we will be at Cruise Shipping Miami. From the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is recorded weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Download the Cruise Radio app. Hear Cruise Radio on TuneIn Radio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, CruiseAddicts.com, and on our website at CruiseRadio.net. For advertising opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.